1: to be back with you we certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our lord and savior jesus christ he alone is worthy and man we're right in the middle of everything here as we wrap up chapter 18 of the book of john continuing on with the life of christ and um wow you know here's christ getting crucified for me getting crucified for you i remember when i was young kevin people would say yeah he's being crucified the jews caused it no let me tell you who caused it every single one of us that will ever be a sinner has caused this. So
2: good morning, Kevin. How are you? Good morning, sir. I'm thankful at this point that Jesus took my punishment and my blame.
1: Oh, so thankful, so thankful, so choices, and we're going to see that choices that we make, choices that are made in life, and and a lot of verses came up, and one of them that came up, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And you know, we when we make these choices, we got to remember that we got to look at things through spiritual lenses. That's a, we finished yesterday talked about sanctification that God's word never returns void, that even reading God's word changes your life it can profoundly uh for a long term of time change your life and and there are many devices the bible says in a heart, in a man's heart nevertheless the counsel of the lord that stood, that shall stand while the lord's counsel is to do things that are right to do things that are spiritual to do things that are godly and and we got to remember too a man's heart deviseth this way but the lord directeth his steps here's the problem the lord's not going to direct your steps unless you're following the commands. That's the thing I learned in the army. You know, you could teach somebody how to do something. You could show them how to do something. You could go through every step. But if they did that, uh, they were great. They were doing what they were supposed to. They were soldiers in the Army. Sadly, there was always a few who didn't get it. And you go back and say, don't you get this? Uh, You know, these are the things we do. This is what we do to prepare to take on the enemy. This is what we do to recognize what the enemy looks like. This is what we do to be ready. This is how we make sure we're physically fit. This is how we make sure we're mentally fit. Folks, it's hard to be in the military. Well, can I tell you something? It's hard to be in God's service too, but we can make it harder. It's harder if you're stupid. I, I shouldn't say that, stealing from Kevin's line there. He's stuck on stupid. Um, but let me tell you something. When you give it all into God and you let him direct your steps, you're right. but the Lord directeth his steps. When you're saved, when you're a Christian, there's only one that directs your steps, the Lord. And, and, and folks, let him do that. Let him do that. Make that choice. There's choices every day. Live for God.
2: Yeah. Decision-making is one of the uh, most important things in life. I remember when I was in 6th grade or 7th grade, <clears throat> um, one of the, the science teacher of all things, back then they were tasked to go through a decision-making curriculum. Unfortunately, they used some just wacko lifeboat scenarios, like what are you, how are you going to decide who to kill? You know, just, <laughs> what <did they> <laughs> The science teacher is supposed to be teaching us chemistry, and instead he's teaching us uh, Ethics, ethics. Yeah, exactly. Soul
1: ethics, unfortunately. It
2: was, and it was, yeah, it was very humanistic, and it was designed to to make you question. But long story short, um decision making by God. You just touched on it very well, Doug. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. We will naturally make the good decisions as we follow God. How do you know you're making a bad decision? Are you walking with God? If not, it's a bad decision. Uh, Great missionary Milton Martin, who's with the Lord, I heard him say years ago in a workshop, he would have these workshops uh, around the uh, Texas area. He said, if you neglect to have your quiet time with God, it'll all pile up day after day until by the time you're 40, it'll be almost impossible to serve God. And I remember he said that, and the idea was, without God, you're just going to start stacking up bad decisions, and you're going to be in bondage. And I think it's not so much a question of what dress do I put on today if you're a woman, what you know, what outfit do I wear to this meeting, what uh, color do I paint the wall, what carpet for the church. I think it's more of the flavor of the of the the, the unity. Number one, with God. Um, and what comes to mind, by the way, in decision-making, Paul said this in the New Testament. He was talking about how to make a decision whether to cast someone out of the church. In 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 6 or 7, he said, um, you know, it's reported commonly that there was fornication among you and not so much as is named among the heathen, that that one should have his father's wife. In in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, when I... Uh, excuse me, when you're gathered together and the power of our Lord Jesus Christ in, in my spirit, he said, to, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh. And why did he say, when you're gathered together in the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, I don't have it in front of me, but very close to that, um, and when you're gathered together in my spirit, why did he say all those qualifiers? Basically, I take it, I I've, it's meant a lot to me. If you're going to make a big decision, Make sure that you're gathered together in unity in the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ and and my spirit. In other words, whoever has a part, whoever has a dog in that fight, make sure that they would be good with it. In other words, if you are at college and you're away from mom and dad, if you're in the military, you're away from mom and dad, before you make a stupid decision to marry someone or to start some new habit, some ungodly habit, what would mom say if she was here? You know, what that's the kind of thing that you're going to answer to down the road. You won't make a bad decision if you keep those things in mind that you're just kind of best you can walking with God. But if you know you're walking in darkness, every decision you make will be a, an error, and it'll all pile up. Until one day, it'll be almost impossible to serve God, Doug.
1: Yeah, the decision-making process. I got to tell you, folks, exactly what Kevin said. You know, starting Mm -hmm. in first grade today, they want you to make decisions, and I, I read it I read an article the other day out out on the internet from a newspaper in California and uh, they had entered a book into the curriculum in, in California one of the schools is not all of them or anything but but the book was Why Your Mommy Is Also Your Daddy. Why one of your mommies is also your daddy. Yes. And 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 so what we're going to do is we're we're going to affect the decision making process on life yep. right there in first grade. You know, we're going to talk about why your mommy is also your daddy. Uh, We're going to talk about why do I have two mommies. Uh, We're going to talk about why uh, being a transsexual is okay. You get hero status today if you're a transsexual in some states in the United States. You immediately get Social Security. They wrote into the Social Security law because health care is about $90,000 a year for transsexuals that they wrote that it's just too much, that people need to get SSDI uh, so that they can have Medicare so that they can go through being a transsexual and all the treatments and things like that. They don't want them to be held against the wall. Well, well, God's teaching us. You know what, folks? Let me just say this to you. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Let me just tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. You know, for whatsoever a man soweth, that he should also reap. And we're sowing in our schools transgenderism, all these different things. For he that soweth to his flesh of the flesh shall reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit uh uh reap life everlasting so well, i guess what we're trying to say kevin as we're sitting here in in these choices decision making boy do it right do it with god in mind have your heart covered pray
2: be ready yeah boy, that's very true everything you just said is upending our youth in their decision making ability thank god that that by prayer. I think praying moms, praying dads, praying grandparents, praying great-grandparents sometimes are the only hope for this, you know, for for these young people. But um, yeah, let's let's help them through these decisions. Let's help others. Let's first of all make sure we have, like the Bible says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your father's Uh, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites. See, God doesn't say, you better choose this. It's just like you said, Doug. He's saying, make your decision and uh, do it now because because if you don't make it, others will make it for you. But in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thank you god for godly moms dads grandparents great-grandparents whatever who are examples that say we will serve the lord i'm trying to do that with my kiddos as well my grandkids when they call me on the phone what you doing man i'm getting ready for church what you doing it's wednesday night ah it's church night remember oh that's right pa- uh papa. You're going to church, you know that kind of thing. I want to be an example, Doug, of someone when the decision time comes. I'm seeking ye first the kingdom of God, and show enough. All these things are being added unto me. Yeah, we serve a great God. I remember when we had knucklehead
1: privates in the army when they we were trying to teach them decision making, and uh, it always <laughs> happened. It always happened. Whatever you're thinking, do the complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> And you just hope that somewhere along the way, uh, Army doctrine, Army rules, Army regulations would would somehow roll off on these kids. And and, and i got to tell you, folks, I, I don't want to downplay how hard it is to be a 17, 18, 20-year-old kid and show up somewhere in the military and have to live that. But let me tell you, there were knuckleheads out there that could completely change your world. And uh, uh, I, I could tell you stories until your hair turned gray. But, hey, hang with us. We'll be right
0: back with you.
1: Praise God, as we continue on with the life of Christ, we find ourselves in the book of John, chapter 18, the last two verses in chapter 18, before we go into the crucifixion chapter, which is chapter 19. There's some really hard things here. Uh, But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Uh, So here we go. You know, this continues on with the narrative from the previous verses, describes choices that had to be made by Pontius Pilate, choices that had to be made by the people. And here's their Savior uh, listening to them uh, saying, take out Jesus, take out Christ. And he says, you know, it's Passover. And because of your custom, there's forgiveness that comes with Passover. So I'm letting one of these knuckleheads go. How about if I let the King of the Jews go? And uh, in the crowd you know, it was a goodwill act for Passover. People, if you're going to be arrested, uh, people would run from the law and try to get caught on the Passover back in those days. So they had a chance for clemency. They had a chance at a pardon. They had those chance. And, uh, and so Pilate proposes there's a choice here. Uh, you know, you can either pick Jesus or you can pick one of these other knuckleheads, and they pick a robber, a liar, a vile man. And, uh, you know, the, the crowd's response to me, it's, it's unexpected. Uh, you know, they're crying out for Barabbas, they're crying out, essentially when they're crying out for Barabbas, uh, they're, they're going after Christ. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a manipulation that happens in places. It's Mm -hmm. happening here today. And, and I'll take Kevin was talking about a little while ago, but to manipulate public opinion, if we Mm -hmm. say stuff enough, it becomes true. I remember reading a book not too long ago about President Trump. And, I mean, I'm not saying he's a great guy. I wish he'd shut up sometimes. All kinds of things. You know, I think he gave us three great Supreme Court justices. But that guy had 179 awards uh, uh, from uh, the National Association of Colored People and uh, had 128 awards for loving them, caring for them, man of the year, donor of the year, of the year no one employed more uh african-american brothers and sisters or spanish brothers and sisters or or just across the board his the leader of his entire organization under him was a lady who ran all the contractors and everything the only one in the united states Mm. the only one but if you say long enough and loud enough you're racist you're bad you're no good yep uh Uh, you're a misogynist, all these things, if you yell it loud enough and you say it loud enough and you put it on a a broadcast or a podcast or a news show and you say it over and over and over and over again, you know what? Man, you can change the crowd. You can change the public opinion. God forgive us that turn that easy with public opinion, Kevin. God help us.
2: God help us is right because... The bad guys get the microphone, and they they have it in any oppressed tyr- tyrannical country, whether it's communist, socialist, fascist, whatever. They must own the press. They must own the. Uh, they must have the microphone, and the reason is is so they can flood the idea of global warming. You know, just whatever scare people. Keep people on edge. And that's narcissistic tactics, if you didn't pick up on that. They want people to make a choice based on fear. Um, I, I mentioned it before. Henry Ford Jr. or the third was was uh, tended to be a very narcissistic um, uh, leader. And his idea was... Keep your people. It's all about your staff. Keep them off balance. Don't let them get comfortable. Always make them think their jobs um, insecure. You know, just change if they if they feel like they're they're liking their job, do something where they won't like their job. It, it that's the. Uh, gaslighting that's, you know, love bomb them and then gaslight them. That's, that's a narcissistic way. And it's a control mechanism and it keeps people in a coping mechanism. And that's, that's, uh, that low lying stress is no way to operate. It's not God's way. The Bible says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Uh, We should operate on love and peace. Unfortunately, people that maintain that they're the top of the church, food chain and not God have to use the arm of the flesh. But when they try to use those things to influence your decision, that it always comes out the way that they want. Oh, you have freedom to decide. I remember being in a situation with a boss. They would always preempt any big change with series of of talks and stuff that they didn't normally talk about. Yeah. And, and when they preempted their uh, change, With those things. You just knew that that we were going to be talked. They want to talk us into something that we do not normally want done, but they're going to convince us we want it done. It's an insult to your intelligence, Doug. It's an insult to your conscience because it's usually something that you just know that you don't want. It might be we're going to start having rainbow meetings. It might be. And I didn't have that in that case. It just had to do with just stupid decisions that would benefit him. And folks, if you're in a a situation like that, I don't care if it's in a church where there's just, you know, that that you feel like you're being manipulated in the name of God for one man's will, it's time to get out. It's time to pray and get out, don't you think?
1: Yeah, it's time to roll. And, And, you know, manipulation is a terrible thing. And See, in the Army, I mean, the great thing about the Army is you get a mission. It comes downhill. The only time you have these feel-good meetings and uh, you have these people get up in front of you with the whiteboards, and, and, and we did, don't get me wrong, about once a month that would happen. <laughs> the only time that would happen is when a leader was worried about a decision he was getting ready to make, so he wanted to, he wanted to bring a bunch of people in with him. And when I made Sergeant Major, every colonel and one-star general in the world wants the Sergeant Major to look through everything and be on his side So he can say to his boss, hey, I had the sergeant major with me. We spent two or three hours looking at this. And I remember a colonel one time came down to me and said, hey, I want to talk to you about a decision uh, about how we change the MOS structure over here in Europe to reflect the reenlistment bonuses. And I said, boy, that needs to be done. Let me know when you want to talk about that. Well, he went to the general and said, yeah, I talked to Sergeant Major Kerriger, and he said, this needs to be done. And and again, you know, you, folks, I'm telling you, to me, that was manipulation. So, you know, the, yeah. the two-star said to me, he said, Doug, I, I just don't see you being on this path. I said, I haven't even seen it yet. He asked me about it. I said, boy, we've got to do something about the MOS thing. And we were setting up a meeting to go ahead and do that. He said, you never had the meeting? No. And, and folks, we learn so much from Christ when we look at him, we his life. Here he is. He, now— in the back of Christ's mind, uh, there's no way out, all right? And and that's exactly what he's accepted. It's prophecy. It's all there. Uh, Kevin, there's no way out. He's he, it's, it's happening. He knows the crucifixion's happening. He's just going through the steps. All the lessons here are for Pilate and these people. They're not for the Lord. The Lord's getting crucified in a few verses. The Lord's getting crucified here by the end of the day. Uh, I mean, you know, everything's there. He knows what he's doing, right?
2: Yeah. He's fully aware, and he has surrendered, like we covered last week. he surrendered to the will of God, and um, he knows it's, it's his hour. And because he's surrendered to it, he's at peace, he's secure, and uh, that's the way I want to be. Unfortunately, everyone around him, including most of his disciples, were feeling very insecure. But what a leader. He stands alone. What a Savior that he said, you know what? Not only is everyone uh, bugging out that that believes in me, that narcs who want to take me down are about to take me down. And knowing it's the will of God, I'm going to go ahead and cooperate with reality and uh, come out on the other side. And the people that follow me will believe in me more than ever because I have a wonderful father. That's the way we ought to be leaders, Doug.
1: Yeah, it is. And, and just doing the right things. And I... I You know, folks, every day we try to make this practical. It's hard. But this is the clearest vision of me and what Christ has done for me. This is the clearest vision of Christ and what he's done for me of my life that I'm looking at here. Grasp this. Christ is being kind. He's being gracious. In a little while, he's going to get scourged. He's going to get hurt. He's going to get crucified. Mm. But he's choosing to do it with grace. Be gracious today. You're not going to go through that. We sure do love you, folks. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation, or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at woundedspirits.com. May God bless you.